Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 50th episode of Nebraska Soccer Talk. Just like the last 49 episodes, I am your host, Joe Cleary. This is also episode 17 of season 4. Since it is our 50th episode, I wanted to get something special put together. Today's episode has a lot of content. Of course, we have our breakdown of the final high school rankings. We have a very special interview where I was joined by former Scott Catholic players Caleb Boss and Zach Weiss. We also have an update on an exciting week for Union Omaha, as well as a decently big recruiting roundup from around the state. Let's get to it. start off this episode with this week's recruiting roundup this week's recruiting roundup is brought to you by sports recruiting usa sports recruiting usa is the most transparent personable and affordable college soccer recruiting consultancy in the usa srusa has been helping place students in colleges and universities across america since 2010 for more information on sports recruiting usa visit www.sportsrecruitingusa.com the stats for these teams and players were compiled on 4 22 so some of these may dif- be different at the time of airing Bella Washington, senior goalkeeper from Marion, has committed to continuing her career with Iowa Western Community College and Council Bluffs. Washington is the current starter for Marion and is averaging 5.2 saves per game while only allowing seven goals against total. Washington and the Marion defense have 10 shoutouts to their name this season. Washington also plays her club soccer for Elkhorn, Nebraska Roots. Iowa Western is a perennial NJCAA powerhouse and was a national tournament team again last season. Mia Nelson, senior defender from Marion, is continuing her soccer career at the Savannah College of Art and Design. Nelson, who also competes for Gretna Elite Academy, has been a key figure in the stingy back line of the Marion Crusaders, and she has also registered a goal and two assists. The Savannah College of Art and Design compete in the NAIA and were a national tournament team last season where they made it to the second round. Braden Kramer, the senior midfielder and forward from Lincoln Southwest, has committed to continuing his career at Division I University of Nebraska-Omaha. Kramer currently ranks third in Class A in total points with 34, which comes from 14 goals and six assists. Lincoln Southwest is one of the top-ranked teams in the state. Kramer plays his club soccer for Gretna Elite Academy's ECNL program under the direction of Chris Dunford. University of Nebraska-Omaha compete in the Summit League. Faith Krieger, senior from Millard South, has committed to continuing her career at Bellevue University. Krieger, who plays her club soccer for Midwest Premier Academy, has notched four goals and three assists for the Patriots this season. The Patriots are currently 6-8. and eight. Bellevue University competes in the NAI and earned their way into the national tournament this past season. Josh Vance, senior from Papio South, has signed on to continue his career at Hastings College. Vance has appeared in every game so far this year for the Titans, scoring four goals. The Titans have come on as one of the top teams in the state this year. Hastings College, a perennial NAI power, went 12-5-2 last year en route to a berth in the NAI national tournament. We have a dual signing to announce out of Ron Colley. Seniors Mia Stoffel and Mariah Dixon have signed with NAIA program Morningside University out of Sioux City. Stoffel has had a solid year for the Crimson Pride so far, tallying 7 goals and 12 assists for a total of 26 points. In goal, Dixon has averaged about 7 saves a game, only allowing 13 goals past her. Dixon and the Crimson Pride have 4 shutouts to their name this season. Morningside University competes in the GPAC, and they finished 12-6-1 last season. Senior Caden Nerud from Norris High School has committed to Southeast Community College, Nirud has scored two goals for the 6-7 and seven Titans this year. Nirud plays his club soccer for Sporting Nebraska-Lincoln. Southeast Community College competes in the NJCAA, and the Storm are the newest college soccer program in the state. 
Senior Cade Stover from Papillion La Vista has signed with Buena Vista University. Stover, who also plays his club soccer for Papillion Soccer Club, has tallied one assist for the Monarchs this season. Buena Vista University is a Division III program who competes in the American Rivers Conference. Last but not least, we can announce that Brianna Sur has committed to continuing her career at Southwestern Assemblies of God University in Texas. Sur, a senior, has two assists to her name this year. The Cardi Catholic Stars are 4-5. and five. SAJU is an NAIA program who also competes in the NCCAA. They finished 4-11 last season. Congratulations to all the student-athletes who have signed on to play at the next level. As a reminder, that recruiting roundup was brought to you by Sports Recruiting USA. Before we get into this week's interview, I have a quick update on Union Omaha. The Owls have had an exciting week. First, the Owls traveled to Chicago to take on MLS side Chicago Fire in the U.S. Open Cup. As the USL League One side, Union, Union Omaha were always going to be the underdog. The Owls competed hard, pushing the Fire to overtime and eventually to penalties where they came out victorious. Union Omaha were the first USL League One team to compete against an MLS team in the U.S. Open Cup, and then therefore were also the first team to score a victory over one. Union Omaha are currently 1-0-2 in USL League One with a win over Central Valley Fuego in their home opener, and they have draws against Forward Madison and South Georgia Tormenta away. Finally, with a victory in the U.S. Open Cup, the Owls were lucky to draw fellow USL League One side Northern Colorado Hailstorm. The Hailstorm are in their first season of competition. They also scored a victory over an MLS side in the previous round, besting Real Salt Lake. Due to scheduling conflicts with the Storm Chasers in Warner Park and the state tournament in Morrison Stadium, the Owls are hosting the Hailstorm at University of Nebraska-Omaha's Caniglia Field. It will be a homecoming of sorts for Coach Jay Mims, as well as Hugo Kamatani, Ed Gordon, and Amir Alihadzic. Mims, who coached Alihadzic at UNO, was instrumental in the start of the Maverick soccer program and a conference championship, as well as earning a college or a conference championship, as well as the program's first national tournament berth. Kamatani and Gordon were teammates recently at UNO, where the pair helped lead the Mavericks to a national tournament berth, as well as the program's first national tournament victory. The Owls will host the, May, the Hailstorm on May 11th. Tickets are still available. While Coniglia will be a different facility than the Owls and their fans are used to, it is proven to be capable of hosting a big match with a really good atmosphere. Uh, I went, I've been to the Union or the Omaha UNO or UNO Creighton games before, and they've been great. Um, I will be at the Class B quarterfinals that evening, but if you're not attending the state tournament, you definitely need to attend this match. We'll be covering Union Omaha more once high school soccer ends. I'm excited about this week's interview, as I have had the opportunity to watch these guys play now at both the high school and college levels. I'd heard good things about them in front from a lot of their coaches, so it was fun to get them on the show. Before I introduce my guests, this week's interview is brought to you by Deer Creek Sports Cantina and Tacos. Deer Creek Sports Cantina is located in Northwest Omaha and is a good fam- family-friendly neighborhood hangout. They serve Mexican comfort food with all natural braised and grilled meats, maize tortillas, and salsas made from scratch. They also have a variety of beverages for your enjoyment. When you go to Deer Creek Sports Cantina, tell them you heard about them on Nebraska Soccer Talk, and you will receive free chips and salsa with your meal or drinks. Deer Creek Cantina is located at 12221 Mary Plaza Road, which is right off of 120th and Military. Visit DeerCreekSportsCantina.com for menu and hours, and remember when you go there, tell them Nebraska Soccer Talk sent you. This week's guests are former Scott Skyhawk standouts and current Nebraska Prairie Wolves, Zach Weiss and Caleb Voss. Weiss and Voss are also serving as junior varsity coaches for Lincoln Pius. In this interview, we talk about Scott soccer, NWU, and what it's like to coach now. This was a great interview, and I already can't have to wait to have these guys back on.
I'm here with a couple familiar people to Nebraska high school soccer fans, uh, current Nebraska Wesleyan players, former Scott Catholic players, and also current Lincoln Pius coaches. I'm here with Zach Weiss and Caleb Voss. Guys, thanks for joining me. I know you have a game tonight, so I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having us. Yeah, nice. So let's let's just jump right in. We'll start off from where you guys came from before Nebraska Wesleyan and where people most well know you uh, best from, and that's your time at Scott Catholic State Champions last year, probably one of the better teams to come through Class B in a while as a group. Uh, talk about your run to the state title last year and what, what that was like as a as a team. Yeah, so last year we had really high expectations for ourselves. Uh, after losing that junior year, um, we weren't just playing for us. We were playing for the guys from the year before, too. Uh, we had a really strong senior class, obviously, with five of us coming to play at Westland. Uh, and then we had our sophomore class, which is super strong, too, and then some other key role players. So, I mean, from the start of the season, we were ready to go. I mean, just from the first game, we were super excited. It was definitely unlike any other season I've played. And then um, you could see it in the stats. Our defense was really strong all year, having that 18 straight games without getting scored on. Cool record to have. But more important than that, we were able to get the job done at the end of the year, thanks to some big goals from someone. Yeah, I was going to say, Zach, you were you were pretty well known for for being, you know, there was a good debate last year about you being the best goalkeeper in the state for high school boys soccer. And then, Caleb, you just seem to make our social media page like almost once every 10 days scoring just a rocket. So talk about, uh, Caleb, what was your contribution like or what like how, how does that come about? Like, how do you just become this guy who scores the, the coolest goals yeah so uh i kind of started off the year pretty slow and then um once i found that that goal against prep that's when i'm in i remember uh our coach justin kind of talking to me and he was like like now is where you really start going once you have your first goal and then i got a couple more through the rest of the season and then like the last six or eight games is when i really uh like turned it up and I I think I had like a goal and an assist in each of those games and uh I kind of just took it from there my confidence was really high so uh it kind of just worked out uh so as someone so I attended a, a Catholic high school up in North Dakota played soccer um a school very similar to the size of Scott um what what was special about your guys's team culture and team chemistry or what, what's special about Scott in general? Just like, I know there's probably, you could, the list is probably long, but just give me some of the highlights. Yeah. Um, that, that team was something special. It was more of a family than a team really. I mean, the biggest thing was we spent a ton of time together off the field um, and on the field, obviously in the off season, we'd be in there 6am lifting, playing every day of the week, which it was just a family. We enjoyed being with each other. Kind of what Zach talked about earlier, uh, right when like we got our season canceled to COVID, we kind of talked about like how our next season started like that day. And we kind of just worked our way up and we hung out all the time in and off the field. And uh, we just became a really like close group of friends and it, it helped us a lot on the field with our chemistry and everything. Yeah, you, you could tell that like in your guys' celebrations, even in like some of the social media stuff. Uh, just it looked like it was a fun group to be a part of and obviously it's even more fun when it's a successful group mm -hmm. um kind of moving forward and or before we move forward in the future where did you guys play your club soccer at um I played at Elkhorn until my senior year and then I played with Zach at OFC or SOFC uh senior year yeah I was at SOFC pretty much my whole club career I started out at Gretna but came to OFC when I was like 12. 
Okay. So pretty early on all the way through, through sporting that that's, that's cool. And I know that, I know that they're, they were proud of your accomplishments as well. How did the commitment process work? Cause it seemed like once one of you went, did you guys all know you were going at the same time and you just announced it at different times? Or was it like one person made the decision and then we just started to follow the leader? Uh, well, I made my decision really early. I think I made it in like February. Right. Um, yep. So I made mine early because I wanted to get it out of the way before uh, the season came around. And then was it John? No, I was next because John copy and pasted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we committed and then John committed and did the same exact thing that Zach did when he tweeted out and changed like a couple words. Yeah. Okay. That's I thought I remember that being like, yeah. I almost double taking when I was scrolling Twitter being like, I thought he already committed. And it was yeah, like, yeah, no, it was the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, what, what, like, Caleb, what was your, what, what were the deciding factors to go to Wesleyan for you? Oh, uh, so for me, it was kind of between Doan, Buena Vista, and Wesleyan. And on my first visit, I took my visit really early. I think I took it in like first semester of junior year. And I went and I loved everything there. I love the coach. Brandon's a great guy. And then um, I took another visit my first semester of senior year. And once I was finished with that visit, I was like, yeah, I'm in love. And uh, my coach with Brandon, he told me like what he expected, where he saw me, and I couldn't be more happy with my decision. Zach, how about you? Um, so for me, my process was a little weird because I was trying to figure out the whole COVID policy thing because obviously at the start, D1 schools couldn't recruit in person and neither could D2. And then D2 could. So I had a few D2 offers that I was weighing. But at the end of the day, it came down to the, the, the culture of the program. I can tell that Brandon's taken us in the right direction. I mean, just last spring, there were 14 guys on Wesleyan's roster. And here we are now with a big recruiting class coming up. And the team culture couldn't be better. Yeah, and it seems like uh, I think with your guys' commitments and even just talking to your coach, uh, it, Wesleyan's starting to become a place where, where local guys feel like they can play and afford to go to school and, and get a good education, too. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, with that, that's huge for us because once you can get those guys coming from the same area, they kind of already have that culture there. They can work together in the summers. Um, and being in Lincoln's amazing for me, uh, with internships and experiential opportunities, that was the biggest selling point for me. Nice. What, uh, you know, when it came down to like high school soccer versus club soccer, um, what were kind of like the pieces that you enjoyed more about maybe high school soccer versus club and then maybe vice versa? Uh, the, thing I the thing I loved about high school since I came from Elkhorn and then played at OFC my senior year is just like the group of guys we had and the bond we had. I mean, we created that bond like all four years of high school. And it's just like the main factor that the reason why I like enjoyed high school more than club, I think, is just because the close like group of guys that we had and how close we were. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the same for high school over club, but uh, on the club side, I enjoyed like the more technical aspects of the game that you just can't get in high school because the seasons are so short. Yeah. Uh, and I was coached, I was coached by Mike Dean most of my time at OFC and obviously he's at Westside now, but I couldn't have asked for a better coach. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and they're doing, they're doing good things at Westside. They obviously, if they, if you guys played clubs, like if your team played the style that they play at Westside, obviously pretty good. Uh, okay, a couple more Scott questions, and we'll move on to Nebraska Wesleyan. Uh, the state championship game last year featured – I know sometimes there's a knock against Class B at times, but, like, last year's championship game, that the talent level on the field between you and Lexington 
was high. Talk about some of the, the Lexington players that you had to compete against that are now playing at you know the yeah. next level as well that that caused you guys problems or that you were maybe most impressed with. Yeah, of course, the two names that are going to come to mind are Junior and Yoskar. I mean, they're both great guys, both great players. Yoskar's done some stuff with Union Omaha and then also his national team. And I think Junior's playing at Iowa Western and killing it there. But, I mean, of the, what do we concede, four goals last year? Yeah. It, two of them came from Junior right. and Yoskar working together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, their first goal was the best goal we conceded all yeah. year. <laughs> Looking yeah. back at it and we're and like, like, we can't do anything. Like, there's nothing we could have done. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember that goal being like that that but that was what your team was like that it was going to have to be goals like that that were going to have to be scored against you guys. Um last last gut question and I think it's a it'll be an interesting question. I'm curious of how you guys will answer this. Scott, I'm not from Nebraska, okay? Mm-hmm. But since I've moved to Nebraska and been here for about 8 years, Scott kind of gets this like uh I get this like evil empire vibe from Scott sometimes. Like you guys have the target on your back. People don't I I personally like people from Scott. I I recruited people from Scott. Um obviously you know Kaylin Reeves. I coached at Wayne State. I recruited her to Wayne State. Um uh but why what's what what's behind the whole, you know, no one likes Scott type of thing? Um I think is it because you win? There, okay. <laughs> There's a lot to it. Um, obviously, being a private school in Class B kind of gives people a lot of problems. The whole right. limit our enrollment, whether that's true or not, I won't speak to that. But um, when you win a lot, I mean, people are going to get mad at you. And I mean, it's not as simple as that. Of course, there's reasons each school has rivals re- rivalries with other schools. But uh, yeah. I, I how think do you guys feel about, about how did it feel being like, no? because did you guys could feel that and knew that, right? We love it. We love we it. Love it. <laughs> yep. You guys love being the super villain, huh? Yep. Uh huh. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, and I, and I, you know, you know, Zach, don't tread into, don't tread into those waters about limited enrollment. All right. That came up one time on our podcast and I got a DM from your guys' athletic director. So yeah, <laughs> I understand that, that does not happen. No, it doesn't, but people, some people think it does. So. Yeah. I, I think, but I think I like that there's that dynamic within high school soccer there has to be like some people don't like that there's a team that's good but if you just keep my argument is if you keep moving up the best teams from class b into class a like like what's going to happen and this year's this year's scud is proof scud's a good team but i don't think they're on i think you guys i think you guys were more untouchable last year maybe versus the scud team of this year though that might change next year when that that junior class is then seniors so um Moving into Nebraska Wesleyan stuff, pretty young team this year. But uh, when I talked to your coach uh, at, when he was out recruiting and I was out watching a game, he was pretty happy with your progress. Uh, what's the outlook looking like coming into to next fall? Uh, well, we obviously got those three recruits uh, at the end of first semester, and uh, we're also recruiting a lot of like good young talent from uh, the high schools. Uh, so we're really excited about that. And then kind of like Zach talked about earlier, just the team culture has skyrocketed since we've been here. Uh, we all hang out together. Uh, we're all just a great group of guys. We love we love those 6 a.m. practices. Uh, and yeah, it's just it's just been a great experience. Who's the best FIFA player, Zach? Um, definitely not me. Um, 
our other one of our other goalies, Zach Self, is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, I'd say I'd say probably him. But we do have a league that we play in. So yeah, that's what uh Brandon, Coach Brandon was telling me that. Um yeah. you know, he's saying that yeah, that you guys play FIFA together, you play pickup together, you guys just like just hang out all the time. Um what are the goals? You guys have three more years left. What are the goals at Nebraska Wesleyan? Because I mean, being honest, like hasn't been like they haven't been near the top of the American rivers. Like where do you guys want to go? Um, well, with the amount of people that we're getting, we we're shooting for the conference title and hopefully a good run of the conference tournament. Uh, we kind of felt, we kind of fell short last year. Uh, we lost to Loris three to two in double overtime. Uh, so that was kind of sad, but with the guys we have coming in, uh, we're really excited and we, we really think that we can make a, a title run. Yeah. I thought you guys were in like every game last year. I just remember whenever I watched or, or, saw the ending score I'm like god they are right there and and they're so young uh Zach what was it like to step up into the goalkeeper position as such a young player um so at the beginning of the year I was super nervous um just when I would sub in a half or whatever but as the year gets going on I kind of started to get a little bit more comfortable um and I couldn't I couldn't say enough about Zach Self who had started last year I mean he's been the most supportive guy he could be and he's pushed me to get better every day. And then I have a great back line in front of me, great leaders on the team who really made me feel like I was where I was meant to be. So as the year got on, I got confident. And I think I started to play better as that happened. And Caleb, where are you slotting in now? I know you can play a couple different positions or where do they see you playing? Yeah, so I kind of had an injury uh, at the beginning of the season. I was out for like our first half of the games. And then I kind of started at outside back. But then I kind of moved to the wing, and uh, I think I think that's my best position because I'm a lot like better creative and going forward. So okay. I think that's most of there. Nice. What? Uh, and I, so I've noticed that you've uh, you you call your do you call your coach Brandon or do you call him? Okay. So that I let my players at Wayne State call me by my first name. What what it what? Talk about what uh what your coach is like. Like what type of a person is he? What type of a coach is he? I mean, he's just like another one of us. Like we can relate to him so easily. Uh, he watches the Premier League, and we're all under the Premier League, so we always talk about that. Uh, and we always joke inside and outside of practice. Um, we stop in his office like every week and just talk to him. I mean, his door is open, and we'll just go in and talk to him and have a conversation and talk to him about whatever we want to. Yeah, with that though, he all like we also understand when it's time to be focused. Like he knows when to lay it down, when to get the guys focused, and we're all we all really respect him. Nice. Nice. That's awesome to hear. Um, what's the, what's the one thing that you would say is the best part about Nebraska Wesleyan, like outside of soccer, something that maybe people like myself, I don't know a ton about NWU living in Omaha or, you know, uh, maybe someone who's being recruited by NWU either on the men's or the women's side. What's something about the school that you didn't know until you started looking at it? Yeah. So for me, I'd say the class sizes and the professors, there's something that you can't get at bigger schools where you have classes of like 60, 70 people, whereas at Wesleyan you get classes like 15, 16 people, uh, you're really able to develop those relationships with your professors. Um, and you can really recognize in that smaller environment that they're there to help you be successful. Um, and you just, you simply can't get that connection at the bigger schools with the bigger class sizes. Yeah, um, like when I came on my first and second visit, uh, Westing was one of the only schools where every time I walked by someone on my tour, everybody would greet me and everybody would like say hi to me. So it was just a nice friendly feeling. And so just the, like the people here are amazing. It kind of goes with soccer too, but just 
like the guys here, the people we hang out with, uh, just the people all around us are great people. Awesome. What, uh, and what to, what are you two studying? Uh, I'm studying athletic training. Nice. That's what I studied in undergrad. Uh, I'm double majoring in philosophy and political science on the pre-law path. What, are you going to be our next president, Zach, or what? Uh, I'm going to stay away from politics. <laughs> good, good. That's a smart move, man. That's a smart move. Um, all right. Before I let you guys go to do what we're going to talk about here, um, how did you get started coaching? Like, how, how did the introduction into the to become a part of the Lincoln Pius staff come about? Yeah, so Brandon just kind of texted us one day and was like, do you guys want to coach for Pius JV? And we were like, sure. So we had like our little interview with the, uh, the assistant coach, Paul, and he was a great guy. So is Dave. Uh, they're great guys to work with. They're funny and they're great coaches. And it's just been a great ride. Yeah. What's uh, so I, as someone who has been in your shoes as like that 19 or 20 year old coaching high school boys, what for you, what's the easiest part about being so close in age to some of the guys that you coach? Oh, we love hopping in drills. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Okay. Yeah, we got to, got to put them in their place. Some below okay. a little bit, mm -hmm. but yeah, it, it's fun being able to get touches, hop in, and I think we're able to up the tempo when we get into. What's the hardest part? What's the hardest part about coaching been for you so far? Uh, for me, it's probably been that whole like since we're so close in age. Sometimes I think it's fine just to joke around, but there is that element of respect that has to be there still, and knowing when it's time to focus and when it's time to have fun. Yeah, obviously, being uh, being the first year that we're coaching, uh, it's kind of sometimes hard coming up with, like, practice plans. Like, I know one day we ran, like, six or eight drills, and we were like, this is way too much. <laughs> yeah. so we kind of had to, like, figure it out, uh, do, like, more open play stuff and, like, 1v1s, 2v2s, and just kind of open it up more. Yeah. Well, you guys are already far beyond if you're already learning that stuff. I Like, I remember looking back on the things that I did when I was 18 and 19, when I was, like, 25, 26, and then learned a little bit more from – when I was coaching, I was like, what was I doing? <laughs> so you're already learning that like within the season. Um, what's the, uh, you know, Zach, I know we DM back and forth a little bit after the game, but what was the Carney Pius game like at the beginning of the year? Cause that like, I mean, it was a great result for Pius, but like, cause Carney's ended up putting together a pretty good season as well. Yeah. But like what, what happened? Like what was the final 10 minutes like? So they were down by two. Pius was down by two, through balls played. Um, the striker gets a touch around the goalkeeper and then gets cleaned out. Uh, refs gives him a red card. Mo buries the penalty. Um, and then at that moment, Pius is like, all right, let's go. And they pressed. They scored a goal. Um, and then they just kept pressing, and they got another one right away. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, they had a field player net. Um, but Pius really pushed really hard, and they earned the win. Yeah, and that was probably one of the worst conditions I've ever been in, oh. or playing. It was it was rainy, it was windy, it was cold. It was probably the worst I've ever. Dude, that I was out at a game, another game in Omaha, and that was like terrible. Yeah, and I I used to, when I coached, I used to hate standing out in the rain. I don't even know why I was there. So, um, what uh, do you guys see yourselves continuing to coach, or is this something that you kind of just think you'll do on the side through college and early times, or what do you what are your thoughts on that? I would love to keep going through college um, and then someday just like coach my kids. It's not something I see myself doing as a job, but I definitely want to stay close to the game because I don't, I don't see my life ever going without soccer. Nice. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. My brother is uh, actually monitoring and coaching also. So uh, it's really nice to do it right now because I don't know, I'm going into athletic training and it requires a lot of like observation hours, yeah. and clinical hours. 
so it's really nice to be able to do it right now uh knowing that i might not be able to do it in the future yeah the the hours thing when i was a junior and senior there it's it's brutal so yeah. mm-hmm. um you you know we talked about this off air but you joked with your your head coach that coaching you know wasn't actually that hard um <laughs> how did how did he respond to you when you told him that oh he knew he knew we were joking i mean obviously it's a little bit different tactically coaching a, a jv team versus a varsity team but brandon's always in good fun He's, he, he can always take a joke but he'll also dish him back so i'm yeah. sure i'm sure based on what the result is tomorrow we'll either get some <laughs> uh some flack or some praise because we play uh we play coach coach pointy's team tomorrow yeah that's right yeah you play uh lincoln high tomorrow all right yep. Yep. all right so, so good little like nwu rivalry going yeah, on he's, he's been um, a little bit. all right last question before i let you go uh last couple questions first premier league who i i, I know you're wearing chelsea stuff caleb and i'm not gonna hold that against you zach uh, i know i could see the flag too <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an aston villa fan <laughs> oh yes, no yes. Uh, how yeah. okay so I'm a Liverpool supporter. And so I could always like make sense of like, how do you become a Chelsea fan? How do you become a Liverpool fan? Like those are pretty simple answers. How and why are you an Aston Villa fan? It was, it was when I was first visiting uh, Wesley and I was hanging out with the guys and they're like, who do you support? I'm like, oh, I don't really have a team. They're like, you got to have a team. And I'm like, all right, I'm an Aston Villa fan. <laughs> Just picked it out of the blue and I'm going to stick with it. That's there. There, there could have been worse choices, but there are a lot better of choices that you could have gone with. CBG's at the wheel. We're going, we're going far. Okay. I'll respect that as a, as someone who's a Liverpool guy. Um, and then my last question that I, I like to ask a lot of our guests, um, are you guys fans of pizza? Yeah. yeah. Bet, what's your, what's your, what's your go-to place in Omaha? Oh, come on. Paisons. Okay. If, you, if you've never had Paisons, anyone listening, go there and get determined. Mm-hmm. yeah ter- it has cream cheese on it meat lovers oh it's so good see i saw is there some sort of scut connection with paisons is that because yeah. like i they're doing a fundraiser right now with, with yeah. scut yeah i don't know do you know who it is isn't it it's Vol- i think Vers- it's one Vers- of the assistant varsity coaches for football Vers- okay Vers- yeah and he kind of i think he owns it does he own it run it so. and he owns it so. so uh yeah we have like our nights out there's a couple times like after i know sophomore year we had to like clear the field of snow like right at the beginning of the season because it was snowing and <laughs> nebraska coaches, <laughs> and our head coaches took us to paisans after we all had pizza yep oh man all right i haven't i haven't hit paisans up yet so i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to try wait okay, so which one do i have to get it's called the Termin. all right what's on it um it's like a meat lovers with but it has cream cheese on it and the cream cheese just blows you away yeah all right all right i'll i'll take your Word for it. Uh, and then the last thing, because I want to make sure I give a shout out, both of your families or parents are really supportive because like whenever you guys did something last year, they always made sure to send me a DM, not not impolite. They'd be like, hey, make sure you see this. Hey, Zach got this award. Like, <laughs> is it yeah. is it nice that you get to, to play to still play close to them and they get to see you play quite a bit? Yeah, that completely sounds like my dad. He's definitely the person to try and do that, um, especially with my brother away at college. Uh, but yeah, like I know both of our parents have come to our like our JV games too, and coach. And I kind of gave my parents a little uh, a little backlash because the first like two <laughs> games, the first two games they came to, we lost both of them. First so I was I was like, you can't come to the games anymore. Like you got to <laughs> stay away. 
yeah, I'll, I'll speak on that a little bit. I couldn't, I couldn't be more grateful for how supportive my parents have been. I'm sure my dad will listen to this as soon as it comes out. Uh, but they've been great, um, both on the field and off the field, of course. Couldn't be more grateful. Well, that's awesome, guys. And thank you for joining me again. It's, it's always good to have players. I have so many coaches on this, this, uh, this show. And so it was good to get uh, you two, especially because of how well-known you are amongst the high school soccer community and now the college soccer community. So I'm going to let you go and, uh, and get to, to hopefully coach and Pius to a victory or two. And, and good luck the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you again for Zach and Caleb taking the time out of their busy schedule to come on the show. We will definitely have them back on next fall for a midseason check-in. As a reminder, this week's interview was brought to you by Deer Creek Sports Cantina and Tacos. Deer Creek Sports Cantina is located off of 120th and Military at 12221 Mary Plaza Road. Visit DeerCreekSportsCantina.com for menu and hours. And remember, if you mention Nebraska Soccer Talk, you will receive an order of free chips and salsa with your meal or beverages. Now I'm sure what many of you have been waiting for is up next. Nebraska Soccer Talk's rankings are brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. Fleet Feet is a local family-owned and operated store that is part of a network of specialty running walking, and fitness stores across the country. Fleet Feet serves a wide range of active individuals from people who are on their feet at work to those who go on leisurely walks to those who are running marathons. Fleet Feet will help you stay healthy and active. Fleet Feet has locations in Omaha and Lincoln with a third location coming soon. For more information, visit www.fleetfeet.com. We are going to start off this week's ranking segment with Class B, and we are going to start on the girls' side. From bell to bell in the regular season, the Omaha Scut Catholic Skyhawks stay as our number one team. Despite their two losses to Class A Gretna and Millard West, the Skyhawks have proven to be utterly dominant in their nine other games. Nine wins, 39 goals for, and one goal against. The Skyhawks have done nothing to deserve being dropped from their number one ranking, much to the chagrin of our number two team. Also from bell to bell in at our number two spot are the Norris Titans. Norris have been equally as dominant in their schedule, with only their only loss coming to Class A Lincoln Pius. In their other 14 games, the Titans have won 14 or have 14 wins, 78 goals for, and only one goal against. Uh, the Titans are on an incredible run this year, and they are destined to continue on their collision course with Scott Catholic, which, if it does happen, will surely be for the state title. Moving up to the number three spot is Columbus Scotus. Scotus girls soccer are on a 10-game winning streak. And because of that, they jumped the Duchenne Cardinals. The Shamrocks, led by the high-scoring Brzezinski sisters, certainly deserve this recognition. They have Hastings next before facing their final test of the regular season against Elkhorn North. Falling down one spot to number four, the Duchenne Cardinals. This may seem a little harsh as the only losses the Cardinals have suffered are two losses to Class B frontrunner Scut and recently ranked Class A Westside. The Cardinals could easily be switched with SCOTUS just as easy, easily as Norris could be switched with Scott for the top spot in Class B. Making a big jump up to the number five spot are the Elkhorn North girls soccer program. Yes, the Wolves have suffered five losses. However, three of their five losses are to the other top five teams, and recently the Wolves have beat a strong Bennington team twice. The Wolves are also the only Class B team to net a goal against both Scott and Norris. No other team has beat either of those back lines, and Elkhorn North has beaten them both. My belief in the Wolves waned a little bit in the past, but I am back on that bandwagon. Down to the number six spot are the Bennington Badgers. The Badgers at 10-4 are still set to finish with a good regular season record, but after nearly back-to-back losses to Elkhorn North, 
I couldn't justify keeping them higher than the Wolves at this point. There is a chance that the Wolves and the Badgers could meet again in the state tournament if they both happen to get there. The Badgers are a strong team and do have the ability to push any of the teams that are ranked ahead of them. Down to the number seven spot are Lincoln Lutheran Raymond Central. The Warriors are seven and three and have not been talked about a lot, but their three losses have been to Platteview in a high scoring game, Scotus and Norris. The Warriors have done enough to stay in the top 10. They have performed well against a reasonably tough schedule. The Warriors have played fewer games than a lot of teams, and this could benefit them in what could be a grind of a high school season here at the end. In at the number eight spot are the Grand Island Northwest Vikings. The Vikings have spent most of the season hanging around just outside of our top 10, but they have finally broken through. The biggest knock against the Vikings may be their strength of schedule. Their two losses are to Scotus and Scotts Bluff, with their best wins coming over Hastings and Lexington. The Vikings remain a solid squad. In, it, in at the number nine spot are the Mercy Monarchs. Welcome back, Mercy, to the top 10. They were a team that started in our top 10, but they fell out pretty quickly after starting 0-3. But after they started 0-3, the Monarchs have lost only two of their last 10 games, one to Class A Marion and the other to highly ranked Duchenne. The Monarchs are not the same team they were last year, but they're still going to be a tough out as we move on into the postseason. Rounding out our top 10 are the Elkhorn Antlers. This was a tough, a tough decision to make. Elkhorn have had the definition of an up-and-down season. They have quite a few quality wins on their resume in the season as a whole, which includes SCOTUS, Elkhorn North, and Papio South. I will say that every team that is in our team to watch list has a little bit of an argument to be included in the top 10. Our teams to watch for Class B girls are Blair, Roncalli, and Platteview. Blair has a 500 record at 6-6, six and six, but they are a top 10 team currently in terms of the NSAA PowerPoints. Their PowerPoints will help them with a good draw heading into the postseason. Ron Collier, 7-5, but their most signature win is over fellow team-to-watch Platteview. The Pride do have one of the state's leading scorers in Morgan Mancuso. Platteview are 8-4, and four, and other than their win over Lincoln Lutheran Raymond Central at the beginning of the year, the Trojans don't have a super tough schedule or any signature wins. Just like Ron Colley, though, they can score goals, and they have their own a goal scorer of their own in Emma Middleton. A quick transition, and then we'll hit up Class B Boys Top 10. We start off Class B Boys with a continued controversial choice as my number one. Remaining in the number one spot are the Lexington Minutemen. The Lexington are 14-2, and two, and they are on a 14-game winning streak. In those 14 games, they have scored 73 goals and have only conceded four. The most important win in their 14-game win streak is the first one, which was a 2-0 win over Scott Catholic. That is the biggest thing, and maybe even the only thing, keeping the Minutemen in the number one spot for now. Still at number two, or essentially 1B at this point, are the Scott Catholic Skyhawks. Scott are easily our number two team. They own big-time wins over several strong teams, including a recent win over Lincoln Southwest. While the Skyhawks are number two in our rankings, they are number one in the current NSAA PowerPoint rankings. Staying at number three, despite losing their undefeated record to Elkhorn North in the EMC tournament, I am keeping the Bennington Badgers there. Mainly because there isn't a team behind them that has truly earned or deserved the right to jump them quite yet. Bennington also remains reasonably high in the NSAA PowerPoint rankings, so I don't have a problem keeping them up here. The Badgers have a big upcoming game against fellow one-loss EMC squad Waverly this week. Moving up to number four, despite the loss of their undefeated record, are the Waverly Vikings. The Vikings recently suffered a loss to Nebraska City, but they have a good body of work, and since the last rankings, they have done a lot to move up. 
They were EMC champions, which included a win over Elkhorn North. Had they not lost, they probably would have been third. As I stated earlier, we will be watching the Waverly-Bennington matchup closely. Two one-loss teams in a late-season EMC game, it should be a good one. Dropping to number five are the Columbus Scotus Shamrocks. The Rocks have had a good season so far, and they are certainly capable of scoring a lot of goals. They really only have one bad loss on their record, and that's to Kearney Catholic. Their two other losses, early season defeats to Columbus and Bryan, are not counted heavily against them. The Rocks have a big away day coming up this week with a trip to Elkhorn North. Jumping up to number six are the Scots Bluff Bearcats. The Bearcats started the season one and two, but have won eight of their last nine with the only loss coming to top-ranked Lexington. We've been told by everyone from referees to opposing coaches and to the from the NSAA PowerPoint rankings that we were severely underranking Scott's Bluff. Here we are. I do think six is a fair ranking right now for Scott's Bluff. They will be looking to finish their regular season strong, so they're able to for sure host and win their state qualifier. Moving up to number seven are the Elkhorn North Wolves. The Wolves have been a little inconsistent over the season, but they do have had they have had some quality performances. After handing Bennington their only loss of the season, the Wolves narrowly lost to Waverly in the EMC final. The Wolves then went on to beat Nebraska City before losing handily to Scott. I still think the Wolves are a top eight Class B boys team. They have two big upcoming games against Norris and Scotus this week. In at number eight are the Nebraska City Pioneers. This may be a surprise to some, but there are two reasons I ranked the Pioneers as high. Actually, three. First, Nebraska City are actually fifth in the NSAA PowerPoints. Second, having watched the Pioneers play, they play good soccer. They have some talented attacking pieces, and they play a deep back line that is tough to get behind. Finally, the Pioneers also defeated previously unbeaten Waverly, deservingly into our rankings at number eight. Falling to number nine are the Grand Island Northwest Vikings. The Vikings have only lost two games since the last rankings, but they haven't registered any big-time wins. The Vikings don't have the strongest schedule, so not winning a big game against a highly ranked team definitely hurts them. The Vikings should finish with double-digit wins with two regular season games remaining against Crete and Seward. Rounding out the top 10 is Ralston. The Rams fall two spots from 8 to 10, and they definitely could feel hard done by this drop in the rankings as they, as they have not suffered a loss since our last rankings came out. However, the Rams, similar to Grand Island Northwest, don't have the strength of schedule that some of the other teams ahead of them do. The Rams are only a two-loss team, and I really do expect them to be in the mix for the state tournament, and if they aren't in the state tournament, they're going to be a really tough out for another team. Our teams to watch for Class B boys are Crete, Kearney Catholic, The Platte, South Sioux City, and Mount Michael. Mount Michael and South Sioux City are two state tournament teams from last season that have underperformed a little bit this season for one reason or another, whether it be graduation or just things aren't clicking or the strength of, strength of schedule. Because that being said, both of them have played tough schedules. And I don't think teams will be happy if they have to get through either Mount Michael or South Sioux City to get to the state tournament. Crete boys soccer are nine and three, but they don't have a super difficult schedule and have not been able to secure any big name or key wins. The Platte boys soccer are currently on a three game losing streak, including a bad loss to Omaha North. They do have a key matchup versus Ralston this week. Finally, Carney Catholic. I thought the stars were going to end up in the top 10 after their win over SCOTUS. However, their weaker schedule and their massive eight, one loss to Scott's bluff did not help their case. Those are our Class B rankings, so we are going to take a quick commercial break and then head into Class A rankings. Stay with us. Let's start with the Class A girls' rankings. The Gretna Dragons stay at number one. They are 14-0 and continue to roll even without the injured Madeline White, 
The Dragons have scored 81 goals this season and have only conceded three. There's a good chance that Gretna will break the 100-goal mark if they go the distance and get to the state championship game. I personally believe that they are still the biggest favorites to win the state championship, which would have them go back-to-back. The Marion Crusaders remain at number two. No surprises here. The Crusaders bounce back from their Metro Championship defeat to Gretna with shutout wins over Mercy and Papillion La Vista. They were pushed a little bit by Lincoln Pius, who were only the fourth team to breach the Marion goal all season. Marion, who is top of the power points despite the loss, have an important matchup with Millard West this week. But it goes to show that Marion's not as far off from Gretna as you think. Making the largest jump in the rankings, we have the Lincoln Southeast Knights. While I was the last individual probably to rank the Knights this high, I do want a little credit for being the only person to have the Knights in my top 10 in the preseason or at all this year. It took some of the other guys a little bit long. The Knights were are 11-1, and one, and should they avoid a complete meltdown this Tuesday against Lincoln North Star, they should be out-and-out city champions as well as hold their spot in everyone's rankings. What a season so far for the Knights. Slipping down to fourth, are the Lincoln Southwest Silverhawks. Lincoln Southwest fall down a spot to accommodate the Knights. This is going to be a theme throughout the rest of the top 10 for the girls. After the, the Silverhawks fell to the Knights last week. The Silverhawks have only suffered two losses this season, their first loss being to number two, Marion. Lincoln Southwest are still a very good team, and I expect them to be in the mix at the state tournament. They do have a lot to prove after their early round exit last season. Slipping to fifth are the Lincoln East Spartans. Lincoln East were pushed hard by Lincoln Pius, but they were able to sneak away with a 3-2 win. That was in that storm postponed game. The, sport, the Spartans haven't lost since the last rankings, but they dropped down a spot again to accommodate the Knights. Lincoln Southeast are the only one-loss team in Lincoln, and they own head-to-head victories over both the Silverhawks and the Spartans. As long as the Spartans have 22 goal scorer Kama Carpenter firing on all cylinders, they can be considered a contender. Also dropping one spot to sixth are the Elkhorn South Storm. Right before the rankings were dropped last time, the Storm dropped a game to Westside. This past week, the Storm dropped a game to 3-8 and eight, Millard North. This could have caused them to drop even further, but I have decided to keep them where they're at. The Storm have a tough run out this week with games against number one Gretna and number two Marion. Elkhorn South would be very pleased if they could get a result from either of these games. Moving up one spot to seventh are Lincoln Pius. Pius have suffered three losses this year, all of them narrow losses to top teams, Lincoln Southwest, Lincoln East, and Marion. The smallest Class A school continues to make noise. Key matchup ahead with Westside this week. Very important to note that Pius also holds impressive wins over Norris and Lincoln Southeast. Both of these games were the Trojans and the Knights' sole loss of the season on their record. Dropping one spot to eighth are the Millard West Wildcats. Again, Millard West are really just a victim of circumstance, that circumstance being, once again, Lincoln Southeast movement up. The Wildcats have only played two games since the last rankings came out. They eased to a win over Omaha South and before losing 4-0 to Gretna. The Wildcats have Marion and Millard North this week. The game against Millard North is really a must-win for Millard West. Moving up one spot to ninth are Omaha Westside. The Warriors entered our rankings two weeks ago after beating Elkhorn South. Since then, the Warriors lost a close game to Papillion La Vista South before sneaking one past on the road against top-ranked Class B Duchenne. Then, during the Kicks for a Cure event, Westside routed Papillion 5-0. This was impressive to me because Papillion had been giving good teams fits all season. Westside has a huge matchup with Pius this week. Rounding out the top 10 is newest entrant, the Columbus Discoverers. 
Before the last rankings, Columbus had lost three in a row to Lincoln Southeast, Bennington, and Lincoln East. Since the rankings have come out, the Discoverers are 3-1 and one and are in a good vein of form. The Discoverers should get past Lincoln, the Lincoln Northeast Rockets this week to get to 10 wins. My teams to watch are Papillion La Vista South, Papillion La Vista, and North Platte. Since the last rankings have come out, the Papio South Titans have gone 1-4 and four and reportedly are without Mia Lang right now due to injury. Their only win is a double OT win over Westside, and it's hard to keep them in the top 10 given their record of the last five games as well as the loss of one of their key players. Papio's up and down season continues, though if I am a team, I wouldn't want to see the Monarchs in my pairings when districts are announced this week. Finally, North Platte. The Bulldogs have been hanging around outside the top 10 pretty much all season, and if they get a win over Columbus, it's probably them in the top 10 instead of the Discoverers. All right, a quick break, and then we will finish with the Class A boys rankings. Last but certainly not least, but also the craziest to try and figure out, the Class A boys. This is honestly just my best guess at this point. Y'all have not made this easy at all for me. At number one, we have Creighton Prep. After the Metro Tournament and the Bryan game that happened after where they lost, I was ready to drop Prep out of their number one spot. However, they then came out and beat Gretna, Papio, and Westside. This is enough for me to keep them in the number one spot. I'm probably the only one who still has prep number one, and that's okay. It's a gamble I'm willing to take. At number two, we have Gretna. The Metro Conference champions have only dropped games to Bryan and Creighton Prep. Gretna have two games coming up this week against Millard West and Elkhorn South. Obviously, to deserve this ranking, they're going to need to win both of those games and aim to enter the state tournament with no more losses in the regular season or in districts. Making the biggest jump from the last rankings, Papillion La Vista South. This might be a little controversial for some, but the Titans made a run to the Metro Conference Tournament Final where they lost to Gretna. They will have a rematch against the Dragons coming up this week. This is postponed um, from when we had all the crazy weather and changes to the schedule in the Metro Tournament. While the Titans have been up and down since the last rankings a little bit, I'm moving them up this high because of their performances and the makeup of their roster. I've seen them play a couple times in person. I, I really do think they're a pretty quality team. They also have a matchup against rivals Papio this week. The Titans sit in third place in the NSAA PowerPoints. Dropping down to the fourth spot, we have Lincoln Southwest. Since the last posted rankings, the Silverhawks have lost to Scott Catholic and Lincoln Southeast. While not devastating to the Silverhawks season by any means, it's hard to make an argument to keep them in third. Had they won one or both of those games they lost, we'd be talking about LSW much farther up the rankings instead of dropping down. This is the same spot the Silverhawks occupy in the NSAA PowerPoint rankings as well. Dropping one point to the fifth spot, it is Omaha Westside. Since the rankings were released, the Warriors are 3-2 and two with wins over Omaha South, Omaha North, and Bellevue East. However, they have lost matchups to both Creighton Prep and Gretna. I think the Warriors have the pieces to make a state championship run. They will just hope to find that consistency of wins that they had in late March and early April. I think in that regard, Westside and Papio South are the same because they're both quality teams with the pieces to make a run of the pieces to win a state championship, but they need to be able to put that, you know, three games in a row where they can win all three. Up a couple spots at sixth, we have the conundrum of a team that is Omaha Bryan. Speaking of inconsistent, Bryan has split with Gretna and Westside, and they also hold wins over Papio South and Creighton Prep. Um, So 
other than Lincoln Southwest, who they didn't play, they have beaten every team that's ahead of them at least once. Um, unfortunately, Brian also has five losses, three of them to Elkhorn South, Millard South, and Lincoln High. Brian is a very, very talented team. Uh, I've seen them play in person twice. They are a good team, but they are sometimes just too volatile um, with the results to be ranked any higher. Um, since their Millard South loss, they've reeled off four straight wins, though. Um, that's the first time they have won more than two games in a row this season. If this is the sign of Brian finding their stride and their consistency, they may be capable of making that state championship run, which would be really cool for them. In at the seventh spot are the Lincoln East Spartans. The Spartans are only a three-loss team and are probably going to feel hard done by this ranking. I promise I like you, Lincoln East. They have won five straight, including some tough wins. The losses to Lincoln Southeast and especially Miller North earlier this season hurt. The Spartans are like Brian in the sense that they seem to have hit their stride a little bit more now later in the season. And I think you could easily argue that the Spartans deserve to be ranked higher. They do sit at fifth in the NSAA power rankings. Jumping into the top 10, we have number eight, Kearney. Before their loss to Lincoln East, the Kearney Bearcats had won eight of nine. They are riding the goal-scoring prowess of Ryland Garrett. The Bearcats have a massive matchup against Columbus this week. They're basically occupying the spot that the Discoverers could have been. Kearney sits in ninth place in the NSAA PowerPoint rankings. At number nine, we have the Lincoln Southeast Knights moving up one spot. The Knights have had an up-and-down season. And every time I get ready to drop them from the top 10, they go out and do something like beat Lincoln Southwest. Lincoln Southeast have been just as frustrating to rank um, as Omaha Bryan because they are capable of beating a lot of teams that they have played against, but they are also capable of losing to a lot of teams they have played against. They currently sit in eighth in the NSAA PowerPoint rankings. Finally, rounding out the top 10, Re-entering the rankings is Millard South. This is the same spot the Patriots occupy in the NSAA PowerPoint rankings. Millard South were 4-5 and five at the time of the last rankings. They were a good 4-5 and five team. Since then, they have rolled out six straight wins, including wins over Omaha Bryan and Class B South Sioux City. The Patriots are reasonably solid up and down the spine. And again, I'm beating a dead horse when I say this because it's the true with almost 15 of the Class A boys teams. But they have the talent and athleticism to beat a lot of teams, but they're just inconsistent enough to lose to a lot of them as well. My teams to watch are Omaha South, Columbus, Lincoln High, Lincoln Pius, and Elkhorn South. It's crazy to say, but Omaha South are out of the top 10. They are essentially in a place where they're going to need to win their district if they want any chance at going to the state tournament this year. You can't count out the Packers, though, because they still have one of the best players in the state in Edwin Cisneros. The other four teams, Columbus, Lincoln High, Lincoln Pius, and Elkhorn South, have all put together solid seasons so far, and they're definitely capable of maybe, I don't know if they're going to make a run to the state tournament, but they're definitely going to have some impact on the districts. There are even teams past these five teams that I've already listed that could still rock the boat as we head into the district pairings that are going to be released here this week. It's honestly just crazy. This week's Nebraska Soccer Talk Top 10 Rankings were brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. One of the most common injuries I see in young athletes is overuse injuries. This is brought on by a combination of poor training habits and poor training footwear. Fleet Feet Sports can help with the latter. There are locations in both Omaha and Lincoln with a third location coming again in Omaha. Check out their locally owned and operated stores in person or online at www.fleetfeet.com. Fleet Feet Sports has been a tremendous supporter of Nebraska Soccer Talk and our soccer community as a whole. We encourage all of our listeners to visit Fleet Feet for their footwear needs.
Thank you for listening to Nebraska Soccer Talk. As a reminder, if you want to receive early and exclusive content like top 10 rankings, tournament previews, and more, consider joining our Nebraska Soccer Talk supporters club through our Venmo or Patreon. Our Venmo is www.venmo.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. And our Patreon is www.patreon.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. Make sure you also consider supporting our local sponsors, Fleet Feet Sports and Deer Creek Sports Cantina and Tacos. For those that haven't done so already, so if you're not a part of the Nebraska Soccer Talk Supporters Club, you can still join. You'll be able to join if you join our Patreon or if you support via Venmo up to a certain amount, um, you will receive the state tournament program we are going to roll out. The reason I have to say a certain amount for Venmo is because we have had supporters, Nebraska Soccer Talk supporters who have been supporting us all season. We want to make sure that it's fair to them and that people aren't getting in late just to get probably one of the best pieces of content we're going to put out for supporters only. So if you have any questions about that, um, give me a give me a shout on Twitter and I'll be happy to answer those for you. Thank you again for listening and watch this space for sub-district, district, and state tournament coverage. This is Nebraska Soccer Talk.